Thank you, Jesus. Yes, Lord, only you can steal. My soul test again this morning, Lord. Father, what a privilege to come into your presence again. What a privilege to magnify the King of Kings, to glorify the Lord of Lords, to give praise and glory to the Maker of heaven and earth. What a privilege to be called your children. Father, we give you all the praise. We give you all the glory. We thank you because you created us to worship you. We thank you because you created us to give you pleasure. We thank you for the gift of life this morning, for the gift of Jesus Christ, for the gift of the Holy Spirit, for the gift of worshipping you. We give you all the praise, precious Lord. Indeed, Lord, you are the one who is faithful. You are I am, O God. You are Jehovah, O God. You are Yahweh, O God. Lord, there is none like you. Be glorified forevermore in the precious name of Jesus. Lord, we are here once again to read your word and to learn in your presence. We ask, Lord, this morning, speak to us. Help us to, to, to increase in, in understanding and cause your name to be glorified again. In Jesus' mighty name, we pray. Amen. All right, let me say a big welcome to everyone joining into devotion this morning. I am Morphe Eyenike. We continue our reading of the book of Matthew. Just like that, we are almost through. And I'm telling you, uh, in a short while, we would finish finish the book of Matthew and then we are on to Mark. And like that, before you know it, we are true with reading the Bible through the New Testament uh, in the remaining three months of the year. Well, we'll finish it long before we get to, to um, before the end of the de- December. Yesterday, we stopped on chapters 19 and on verse 24. Uh, but I'll take verse 23 again because someone asked me to explain what Jesus meant by, uh, by, that, by his statement on the rich. I say a big thank you to everyone joining in again this morning. Thank you from whatever platform you are getting this on WhatsApp, on Anchor, on Spotify. You read this on Facebook. Thank you. God bless you. I pray that as you continue to pay attention to reading, learning, understanding the word, and then applying them, doing what the word of God says, your life, I pray, will never remain the same. God will take you from glory to glory in the mighty name of Jesus. All right, so let's read. Today we'll be reading two chapters, chapters 20 and 21, but we'll complete uh, chapter 19. Like I said, we stopped um, on verse when that young man was asking Jesus that question and Jesus' response to him. So let's start from verse 23. Then Jesus said to his disciples, I tell you the truth, it is very hard 
for a rich man to enter for a rich man to enter the kingdom to to enter the kingdom of heaven i will say it again it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter the kingdom of god now the eye of a needle you could actually take it literally but yes there are people who say there is actually scholars agree that there is actually a location during the time of jesus that was called the eye of the needle okay it was a very narrow path where if you when you were entering the city that was the path through which the camels take into the city it was narrow so usually the rider has to get down and then walk the camel in and it was likely this place that Jesus was referring to when he says through the eye of a needle but let's say we are taking this literally okay so it actually means just imagine how big a camel is and for it to be able to go through the eye you know that tiny hole okay when you're trying to string a needle is a needle for sewing that's what we call the eye of the needle imagine a try a camel trying to go into that in other words jesus is talking about the the level of difficulty difficulty jesus is not saying that it will be difficult for rich people to go to heaven that's not what he's saying obviously this man's riches has taken possession of him he has actually talked about this before you cannot serve god and mammon okay you cannot be a slave to god and be a slave to mammon if you are a slave to your money as in you are a rich man and you are a slave to your money then entering the kingdom of heaven will be like a camel going through the eye of a needle it's going to be very difficult okay so that is what jesus was trying was trying to say but you can get the um the cross of what he's trying to t- teach us right don't allow money take possession of you don't allow your possessions you know uh take possession of you if that makes sense okay don't don't allow it use money store it up in heaven by using it to bless people and i'm telling you you have great treasures in heaven so um we continue from verse 25 the disciples were astounded then who in the world can be saved they asked they asked that question because at this time the pharisees and uh, and the priests and the levites in the temple had turned the word of god upside down okay in other words you and i'm telling you we are beginning to come to this point even in our present day church um the richer you are the more likely you will enter into their own version of heaven okay so let me explain you come to the temple a rich man you have committed sin obviously you are able to bring if you can bring two elephants if you okay no they don't use elephant i'm just joking you can bring two lambs seven lambs ten lambs okay and offer it as sacrifice to god for the same sin lord have mercy and then of course the priest they will receive it from your hand okay 
uh, because that's more meat for them to eat compared to a rich a poor man who maybe at best is able to offer a, a turtle dove and so in their own eyes the rich man's sins would have been washed away okay uh, but eventually Jesus will address this uh, you guys are thieves uh-huh. um, in our Yoruba palace we call it Ojukukuru uh-huh. you guys are greedy it is what the rich man is offering that is why you think that um, he will be able to buy his way into heaven but that's not how it works once Jesus will tell them about when people were giving giving their, their offerings in church Jesus was sitting by the offering basket and this widow that puts in these two tiny coins coins jesus says she gave more than every other person and i'm sure the same thing that happened here would have will happen when jesus will say that as in what not possible and jesus explained to them how god measures these things okay it is the same way how god measures here it's not about the size of what you are bringing it is a matter of the heart the disciples were astounded, verse 25. Then who in the world can be saved? They asked, if the rich man cannot be saved, who can be saved? Jesus looked at them intensely and said, Humanly speaking, it is impossible. The way human beings, you people, the way you think, eh? you think it is impossible. But with God, everything is possible. The rich man can enter the kingdom of God the poor man can enter the kingdom of God. With God, everything is possible. Then Peter said to him, We've given up everything to follow you. What we will get? Hmm? We gave up everything. We, we have we've given up everything to follow you. What we will get? Jesus replied, I didn't ask you to follow me in vain. Hmm? Jesus replied, I assure you that when the word is made new, Okay, you see, Jesus is talking about when the new Jerusalem, the new heaven, and the new earth will come down from you no, know, will come down from heaven. The new Jerusalem comes down from heaven. Jesus says, when the world is made new, so he is not talking about a time when time will ever come to an end. Okay, when Jesus says the end of the ages, he's not talking about time coming to an end, he's just talking about the end of a dispensation. It is when the word is made new and the Son of Man sits upon his glorious throne. You who have been my followers will also sit on twelve thrones. You who have been my followers will also sit on twelve thrones. Is he talking about the twelve disciples? No. He says his followers will be sitting on 12 thrones. That's why I said the 24 thrones we see in the book of Revelation represents the entire body of Christ. When it says the 12, the 24 elders bowed and worshipped God, it is the entire body of Christ representing the believers in the Old Testament and those in the New Testament together. So Jesus says all his followers will sit on 12 thrones. We represent the 12th the 12 side. And then those in the Old Testament represent the other 12 side. And so we will sit on 12 thrones, judging the 12 tribes of Israel. And everyone who has given up houses of, of brothers or sister or father or mother or children or property for my sake will receive a hundred times as much in return and will inherit eternal life. 
but many who are the greatest now will be least important then and those who seem least important now will be will be the greatest will be the greatest then because what you people are calling important eh, will not be important in the eyes of god uh, you you have many mansions on the earth today you have so much in the account in your accounts but you are not your treasures are not stored in heaven you will get there and you realize that <laughs> your account balance is zero hmm. that would not be you in jesus name now let's move on to matthew chapter 20 here jesus shares many parables with his disciples and then tells them again that he is going to he told he told them severally that he was going to die in jerusalem this first and one first is the parable of the vineyard workers for the kingdom of heaven is like the land is like the landowner who went out early one morning to hire workers for his vineyard and this story is very interesting he agreed to pay the normal daily wage and sent them out to work at nine o'clock in the morning he was passing through the marketplace and saw some people standing around doing nothing so he hired them, uh, telling them he would pay them whatever was right at the end of the day. Verse 5. So they went to work in the vineyard at in the vineyard at noon. And again at three o'clock, he did the same thing. Okay, goes out, sees people, tell them to come and walk. At five o'clock that afternoon, he was in town again and saw some more people standing around. He asked them, why haven't you been working today? They replied, because no one hired us. The landowner told them, then go out and join the others in my, in my vineyard. Hmm. That evening, he told the foreman to call the workers in and pay them beginning with the last worker first. Very interesting. Beginning with the last workers first. Let's continue before I explain. When those hired at five o'clock were paid, each received a full day's wage. When those hired first, when when those hired first came to get their pay, they assumed they would receive more. Uh, but they too were paid a day's wage. Uh-huh. When they received their pay, they protested to the owner. Those people worked only one hour, and yet you've paid them just as much as you paid us, who worked all day in the scorching it okay so we are stopping on verse 12 let me explain a little bit whenever i read this parable what i see is the church i see the church and i see um i see israel israel being the first set of workers and the last workers is the church okay the present day church and what happened here is going to happen in heaven when we get to heaven with with the nation of israel who were the first one called who burned the brunt of the old work okay um in a sense presenting god to the to the nations of the world of course they didn't they didn't do too well right before god it decided to to reach out and call the gentile nations okay so and you see what happened here because it was right at the end of the day, almost at the end of the day, the five o'clock actually, that he called these people. And you would have looked at them and say, it is not fair. Why call them at five and still pay them a full day's wage? That is what it's going to look like. 
Why will God favor the church and take them out of this world, you know, uh, with, with the rapture so that they are not persecuted and they go through the tribulation like everyone else we, we go through. People, they will protest. Eh? When they receive their pay, they protested to the owner. Eh? The same thing would happen. So when I, whenever I read this parable, that is what my that is what comes to my heart. I don't know what comes to your own heart. You can share where whatever platform where you are, or you can write to me. Uh, please send send your discussions. You know, you can follow me on social media, uh, Murphy Ayenike, um, on on Twitter, on on Insta. Um, on WhatsApp, you can just send in what comes to your mind whenever you read this particular parable. What I say, this represents the church and the nation of Israel. Of course, it could also relate to people also, right? So those people worked only one hour. They protested, okay? Only one hour. And yet you've paid them just as much as you paid us who worked all day in the scorching heat. He answered one of them, friend, hmm, I haven't been unfair. Didn't you agree to work all day for, for the usual wage? Mm -hmm. The usual wage is to enter the kingdom of God. You have entered, so what is your own? <laughs> Didn't you agree to work all day for the usual wage? Take your money and go. I wanted to pay this last worker the same as, as you. Is it against the law for me to do what I want with my money? Should you be jealous because I am I am kind to others? So those who are last now will be will be first then, and those who are first will be last. Eh? <laughs> the church <laughs> will be there first. Eh, when we are raptured, eh, we are the last to <laughs> we are the last to bow before the, the before the Antichrist manifests himself, before the tribulation starts. We are the last. But we would then be the first, eh? And then we even come back with Jesus before they are taken and everything in the book of Revelation then focuses on the nation of Israel. That's why I said, as we begin to read the, the, the New Testament that the gospel again, now that you understand the book of Revelation, it will give you a better perspective, okay? So I want to encourage again, if you did not if you were not with us when we went through the book of Revelation, uh, please, it's on this podcast, wherever platform where you are on, go back and get those messages, uh, those, spot, those episodes, and listen to them again. Okay? So, he said, and those who are first will be last. Next, Jesus predicts his death. As Jesus was going to up to Jerusalem, he took the 12 disciples aside privately and told them what was going to happen to him so again this is one of the gifts a spiritual gift of the holy spirit he is predicting what is going to happen in the future so in matthew's account he told them severally okay if i am correct this is like the third or the fourth time that he is telling them that he is going to die in jerusalem listen he said Verse 18, we are going up to Jerusalem where the Son of Man will be betrayed to the leading priests and the teachers of religious law. They will sentence him to die. Then they will hand him over to the Romans to be mocked, flogged with a whip and crucified. But on the third day, he will be raised from the dead. Just imagine if you were one of Jesus' disciples. 
if you were one of his disciples, <laughs> the feeling would be like, ah, ma Master, you know you will go and you will die at the end now. So why do we have to go there? Why do we have to go? Uh -huh. But obviously, they, they couldn't tell him again. The last time somebody told him, he called the person, <laughs> get behind me, Satan. Uh -huh. So nobody wanted to say anything again. Yes, Jesus teaches about, about seven others. Then the mother of James and John, the sons of Zebedee, came to Jesus with her sons. She knelt respectfully uh, to ask a favor. What is your request? He asked. She replied, in your kingdom, please let my, my two sons sit in places of honor next to you. One on your right hand, your right, and the other on your left. But Jesus answered by saying to them, my sincere apologies, but Jesus answered by saying to them, you don't know what you are asking. Are you able to drink from the bitter cup of suffering I am about to drink? In other words, <laughs> this position has been prepared specially for, for two people. And one of the criteria that stands them out is this eh? they will drink from the bitter cup of suffering that Christ drank from the persecution he went through so I don't know who is going to be on the right we know that all of us will be on the throne with him right <laughs> we will be on the right, the right hand of the father with him the 24 elders the entire body of Christ will be on the throne with, with Christ however Obviously, two people will be sitting close, nearest, closest to him, one on the right and one on the left. I don't know who it's going to be. <laughs> but here, this mother is asking that it should be two of her sons, James and John. You will see the other disciples. <laughs> I can imagine Peter. Can you imagine? Peter, the leader of the church. <laughs> can you imagine these two guys? They want to usurp me, eh? And take my position. I don't even think when we get to heaven, I don't even think it will be Peter. We will get there. <laughs> he says, the, the, are you able to drink from the bitter cup of suffering I am about to drink? Oh yes, they reply, we are able. When the time came, they ran away. Jesus told them, you will indeed drink from my bitter cup. But I have no right to say who will sit on my right or on my left. My father has prepared those places for the ones he has chosen. Okay? When we get to heaven, like I said, we know. When the ten other disciples heard what James and John had asked, they were indignant. Because they too, they were in the position, even though they didn't ask. <laughs> but Jesus called them together and said, You know that the rulers in this world lord it over their people, and officials flaunt their authority over those under them. But among you, it will be different. Whoever wants to be a leader among you must be your servant. And whoever wants to be first among you must become your slave. For even the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve others and to give his life as a ransom for many. Eh? Our position in heaven will be determined by how we served here on this earth. Listen, <laughs> our position there will be determined about how we served here okay how we serve people here on earth how we served god here on earth okay very important next jesus heals these two blind men 
As Jesus and the disciples left the town of Jericho, a large crowd followed behind. Two blind men were sitting beside the road. When they heard that Jesus was coming that way, they began shouting, Lord, son of David, have mercy on us. Be quiet, the crowd yelled at them. But they only shouted louder, Lord, son of David, have mercy on us. When Jesus heard them, he stopped and called, What do you want me to do for you? Lord, they said, you, we want to see. Jesus felt sorry for them and touched their eyes. Instantly they could see. Then they followed him. You need to read this account in, in, in the book of Luke. Eh? It's, it's, slightly, it's slightly different from where uh, Luke is looking at it. It's, it's a bit different. Because when they were shouting, Son of David, have mercy on us, the crowd told them to shut up. Eh? The crowd told them to, to shut up. That's where he said, when he said, when they began shouting, Lord, Son of David, have mercy on us, be quiet. The crowd yelled at them. The crowd told them to shut up. Eh? And, but they shouted eh, even, even louder, Son of David, have mercy on us. Then Jesus then eventually stopped. But Jesus then told them, to come that's the part that Matthew did not add Matthew just jumped to where Jesus asked them what do I do for you so it's the same story same story but Luke added those little little bits Jesus asked them to come and then the crowd that was shouting them down since now told them be of good share he is calling you he is calling you people yeah come and go <laughs> And then when they now got to Jesus, Jesus now asked them, what do, what do you want me to do for you? Two big lessons for me, I hear yet. The first lesson is that don't listen to detractors. Detractors, oh, they will be distracting you from where you are going in life by trying to shout you down, quiet you down. You listen to them, you will miss your place in life. Second lesson, you must know what you want out of life. Yes, Jesus asked them, what do you want me to do for you? If you were there with Jesus, you would have asked Jesus, Ah, Master, is there something wrong with you? Somebody's eye is blind, and the person is telling you to, to have mercy on him. Uh, shouldn't you, Master? You should already know what the person wants now. The person wants to see. But it was possible that they were telling Jesus to have mercy because they needed money. <laughs> so you must know what you want out of life. Now let's run Matthew chapter 21. If we don't finish this today, we'll continue from there tomorrow. Jesus' triumphant entry. As Jesus and the disciples approached Jerusalem, they came to the town of Bethphage on the Mount of Olives. Jesus sent two of them on ahead. Go into the village over there, he said. As soon as you enter it, you see a donkey tied there, which is caught beside it. Untie them and bring them to me. If anyone asks what you are doing, just say, The Lord needs them. And it will immediately let you take them. Okay, again, this is the gift of the Holy Spirit that is able to predict the future, the word of wisdom. Okay, it gives them specific instruction where to go and get a particular thing 
and then they get there and they see it exactly how he said it. This is what we call the gift of the word of wisdom. Again, it's available on the podcast. You can search back when we went through First Corinthians. Okay, you will see it right there. We took the gift, the spiritual gifts of the Holy Spirit. Verse 4. This took place to fulfill the, pro- the prophecy that says, Tell the people of Jerusalem, Look, your king is coming to you. He is humble, riding on a donkey riding on a donkey's court that is in zechariah chapter 9 verse 9 the two disciples did as jesus commanded they brought the donkey and the court to him and threw their garments over the court and he sat on it most of the crowd spread their garments on the road ahead of him and others cut branches from from the trees and spread them on the road Jesus was in the center of the procession, and the people all around him were shouting, Praise God for the Son of David, blessing on the one who comes in the name of the Lord. Praise God in the highest heaven. It says the entire city of Jerusalem was in an uproar as he entered. Who is this? they asked, and the crowds replied, It's Jesus, the prophet from Nazareth in Galilee. The question is, where was this crowd? Hmm? The day when he was eventually sentenced, where were they? When, when, when um, Pilate was asking, who should I release to you? Barabbas or Jesus? Where were they? <laughs> if you follow the crowd, the praise singing of the crowd, you will end up in the grave. You follow the praise singing of the crowd, you think you have... <laughs> just like some people are currently doing in Nigeria. You think you have the crowd behind you. You better sh- make sure your own play, your own work has been done. If not, when it is time for them to be counted, you will realize that there is nobody standing with you. Hmm. It happened to Jesus. Big lessons. Next, Jesus cleansed the temple. Jesus entered the temple and began to drive out all the people buying and selling animals for sacrifice. He knocked over the tables of the men, of the money changers and the chairs of those selling those. He said to them, "The scriptures, the scriptures declare, my temple will be called a house of prayer, but you have turned it into a den of thieves." Isaiah chapter fifty-six verse seven, Jeremiah chapter seven verse eleven. The blind and the lame came to him in the temple. Usually, they would not allow them come in. You see what the Pharisees have turned the temple into? <laughs> they will not allow them come into the temple. They will say that they will, they will defile the temple. The blind and the lame came to, to the temple, to him in the temple, and he healed them. At least they can't stop them from coming again. You can't say, ah, no, shoo, 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 go. Uh, you, come, you come and defy the presence of God with your, with your, with your sickness, with your disease. No, <laughs> he healed them. The leading priests and the teachers of religious law, law saw these wonderful miracles and had even the children in the temple shouting, Praise God for the son of David. But the leaders were indignant. Can you imagine? Instead of them to have been rejoicing with Jesus, they were indignant. But the leaders were indignant. They asked Jesus, Do you hear what these children are saying? Do you hear what these children are saying? Jesus replied, Haven't you, haven't you ever read the scripture? For they say, um, for they say you have taught children and infants to give you to give you praise. Psalm eight verse two. You have turned out of the mouth of babes. God has ordained praise and strength. 
Then he returned to Bethany, where he stayed overnight. Next, Jesus causes the fig tree. We will not finish this chapter today, okay? Uh, but we'll stop somewhere. In the morning, as Jesus was returning to Jerusalem, he was hungry. And as he noticed a fig tree beside the road, he went over to see if there was any figs. But there were only leaves. Then he said to it, he said to the tree, May you never bear fruit again. And immediately the fig tree withered. The disciples were amazed. When they saw this and asked, How did the fig tree wither so quickly? Then Jesus told them, I tell you the truth. If you have faith and don't doubt, you can do things like this. If you have faith and don't doubt, you can do things like this and much more. You can even say to this mountain, may you be lifted up and thrown into the sea and it will it will happen. You can pray for anything and if you have faith, you will receive you receive it. This is where I will base my talk this morning on. If you have faith, you will receive it. Let's take this one um, the authority of Jesus challenge when Jesus returned to the temple and began teaching the leading priests and elders came up to him they demanded by what authority are you doing all these things who gave you the right I will tell you by what authority I do these things if you answer one question Jesus replied did John's authority to baptize come from heaven or was it merely human they talked it over among themselves if we say it was from heaven it will ask us why we didn't believe John but if we say it was merely human, uh, we will be mobbed because the people believed John was a prophet. So they finally replied, we don't know. And Jesus replied, then I won't tell you by what authority I do these things. Hallelujah. All right, so let's stop here today. Now, let's focus on what Jesus said. Jesus said, look, you can pray for anything. And if you have faith, you will receive, you will receive it. And see. Does believe God. He says, if you have faith and don't doubt, what happens to most of us is that we begin to doubt. We begin to doubt. We begin to give up. We begin to question. Maybe it will not happen. Maybe it will happen. Maybe it will not happen. No. Hold on to what God told you. Hold on to what God has shown you. Don't doubt. Don't waver. And I pray this morning that everything you are trusting God for will come to pass in the mighty name of Jesus. Yes, that baby you are trusting God for, you will hold in your hands in the mighty name of Jesus. Father, we say thank you. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. All right, thank you so much for listening today. God bless you. Enjoy your day.